So this, um, this evening, I really feel that God wants to extend an invitation. Um, with Him, there's always more. Um, we start off in, in this journey of salvation, discovering Him, discovering His ways, and it's just like, it's a never-ending journey of discovery. We often um, draw the similarity between God and like a diamond. If you've taken, not like, a, not like a little diamond, but like a big diamond, right, and you, you turn it and it brings forth the reflection, it shows something of that diamond, and you turn it a fraction and it shows another dimension, you keep turning and you can turn that diamond for eternity and it'll keep showing a different, different like refraction, a different part of life. And it's the same with God, that He's, a, he's not... He's not a God to be boxed. He's a person to be discovered. And it's like we have this privilege through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have this privilege of, of pursuing and we're saying it's not of this journey and really this adventure of knowing Him more and more and more and more. Deeper and deeper and wider and wider and higher and higher. It's like just when you think you've gone high enough, he says, come down. You know, and then you come down, he says, now come sideways. He's just like, he's just, he's just, yeah. And, and so he draws us in these moments. He draws us in these songs. He draws us in his worship by his heart. And he says, come, pursue me, come, seek me. And so we, we should never level off in our pursuit of Him, but we should constantly be in pursuit of the Father's heart, constantly be in pursuit of His ways. And so like I said, I wanna extend an invitation tonight and it might be something that's almost a very foreign concept to some of us sitting here. So it might be something that almost seems unattainable for little old me. But it's an invitation to friendship with God. And so I want to read two scriptures. And this is really amazing. Is that God would call man his friend. And so in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8, and then again in James chapter 2, verse 23. God calls Abraham his friend. And so I'll read there, Isaiah 41 verse eight says this, but you Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, listen to this, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. I mean, it's just like, I don't know what, what that does to you, but it's just like my mind, it's like, like you've got gears and it just like gets stuck there. It's like, how, Lord, how, how does this even work? The God of the heavens, the God of majesty, the God of glory, the one who's riding on a white horse with fire in his eyes. And here we are, dust, frail, imperfect. But yet the God of glory seeks to be a friend of man. 
And so we, we see this Abraham with Abraham, and it's like God personally, He says it by name. And there's another one where He infers it, and it's Moses in Exodus chapter 33. I'll read it for you quickly. Exodus 33, verse 11 says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And so it wasn't just Abraham. There was another great man in the Old Testament. His name was Moses. He also walked in this, this level of intimacy, this level of, of, of pursuit of God. And we, we see the heart of Moses. If you scroll down to to verse 13, it says, Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways. Both of these guys, they were, they never, they never just like, they never, I can't think of the word, but they never just stopped. They never leveled off. They were in a constant pursuit of the more of God. That's what I love about Moses. It's like probably the best scripture in the whole Bible. It's like, it says the mountain was shaking. You remember that one? And there was fire and there was clouds and there was thunder and there was an earthquake. And it said all the people were scared and they distanced themselves from God. But it says this, but Moses entered into the darkness. Moses entered into the thunder where God was. And so they pursued God at any cost. And when we see this, this relationship, this, this friend of God, how it outplays, we, we see glimpses of it. And first of all, in Numbers chapter 14, verse 20. Again, it's one of these scriptures that just boggle my mind. So what's happened here is in, in Numbers chapter 14, the spies have gone, remember they sent the 12 spies to Canaan land and they've come back 10 with the bad reports, two with the good reports. And so the whole nation of Israel swayed by the negative report of the 10 spies. And so I'll pick up in chapter 14, verse 11. And it says, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I've done among them? I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. So God's like, that's it. Moses, let's just start again. Me and you. I'll start a whole nation from you. But look at Moses' response and says, but Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. For you brought up this people in your might from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land that they have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face and your cloud stands over them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give them, that he has killed them in the wilderness. And now please let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation. He says, please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. And then it says this in verse 20, then the Lord said, I have pardoned 
according to your word. Moses changed God's mind. Can you believe that? God set out to do something. For any of us, yes, Lord. Whatever you say, Lord, I will do it, Lord. Do whatever you want, Lord. But Moses is in such, is in such a place with God. And, and like I said, this is just where it's just like, it just doesn't compute. Where God would change his, ma- his mind through the reason of a man. We see with, with Abraham too in Genesis chapter 18. Verse 16 to 22. This is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God's come, coming down to destroy the city because of its wickedness. And so we start in verse 16. It says, And the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham went on their way. And I love this verse 17. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? In other words, I'm about to do something, but let me just consult my friend, Abraham, and let me get his opinion on the thing that I'm going to do now. It says this, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. Then the Lord said to Abraham, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done all together according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. And so verse 22, so the men turned from there and went towards Sodom. Towards Sodom sorry. But Abraham still stood before the Lord, the lovers. Then Abraham drew near. And he begins to speak with God. And he says, I hear what you're saying, Lord, that you'll just, you're coming down to destroy this city. He says, but if there are 50 righteous people, will you destroy it? The Lord listens to Abraham's heart. He re- listens to his reasoning. He says, okay, if there's 50, I won't do it. And we know the story. He goes down 45, 40, 30, 20, and eventually 10. And the Lord says to Abraham, okay, I'll do what you've asked. If I find 10 righteous in this city, I won't destroy it. Crazily enough, there wasn't even 10. How hectic is that in that city? But if there were 10, that's what I want us to see. If there were 10, God wouldn't have done it. Like I said, this is almost like way out there. But this is Bible. Not making things up. This is what the Bible says. And so I want us to look at another scripture this time in the New Testament. And it's in John chapter 15. Verse 12 to 15.
Jesus speaking says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Listen to this, verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. See, in the Old Testament, it was a select few. We could probably add to that list, Elijah, Noah, these great men and women of God who, who had the heart of the Father. But here in the New Covenant, Jesus opens the invitation to everybody. Where it's no longer a select few, a hand-picked individuals who are pursuing the heart of God. But Jesus says this, whoever wants it can get it. And so for us as believers this evening, there is an invitation to go beyond where you are in your relationship with God. There is an invitation, first of all, by the Father, and there is an invitation by Jesus this evening saying, will you be my friend? And that statement might rock your mind, but it's this, that God wants to be your friend. Little old me, little old you, he wants your friendship. And so how far will you go? How deep will you go? How wide will you go? How high will you climb in your pursuit of Him? Because this is available for everybody. This is available to you right now. And you will... This is the quest of my life, God. What I said to the Father is, Father, I want to grow old with you. Now, I want to be like that old guy just sitting on the balcony, just like, just knowing him. Like, like Abraham, imagine that. Knowing him like Abraham. Knowing him like Moses. Knowing his ways, knowing, understanding all the intricacies of who he is. And it's just like, hearing his voice so clear and having these full-on conversations. And he's, Lloyd, I was thinking of doing this. What do you think about that? Imagine that. Now, how hungry are you? See, the thing is, you'll get to heaven. Say the prayer, get to heaven, it's fine. But how much do you want him in this life now? How much of his face do you want to see? How much of his voice do you want to hear? How much of his heart do you want to pursue? And so there's an invitation this evening. It's a journey. It's, it's, it's a process. You know, it's more than we, we, we sing that song a long time ago. I am a friend of God. You know, it's, it's, singing the song is not going to get you there. Singing the song is an invitation to the heart of the Father. And so tonight... He wants to be your friend. I think the biggest stumbling block in our minds is what Jesus points out to you and He says, I, I no longer call you servants, 
but I call you friends. And so for a lot of us, we're just content to be the servant. We find pleasure in being the servant. We find joy in being the servant. And we start out there, but we shouldn't finish there. You know, and so our whole life is we just, we just trying to obey. We're just trying to please Him. We're just trying to do the things that He asks and just trying to get this life right. But there's more that He wants out of us. He wants, and Jesus says, even said to Himself, I don't want you to be my servant. I want you to be my friend. He wants us to, to step into the more. And so, the, like I said, the biggest thing that we have to overcome is the servant mentality where He's not looking for your service. He's not looking for you to be a waiter. He just wants your heart. He just wants to talk to you, man. He doesn't want our quiet times to be all religious and we start speaking King James and doing all these things. and You know, it's just... He wants to converse. He wants to share his thoughts. He wants to share his opinions. That's why he made man. That's why he made us. He made us for relationship. He made us for friendship. And so we, yeah, for intimacy, so we have to get over this thing where I'm just a, just a robot, you know? I just do, I just do, I just do. And then he's pleased with me. No. There's so much more. And so firstly, to, to enter into friendship, we must get rid of a servant mentality. The second thing which Jesus points out here in John chapter 15 is this, that to enter into friendship, there must be a laying down of our lives. And this is where it gets hard. Because this is where the cost comes in. And so we look Back in the Old Testament, we look at the Moses, we look at the Noah, the Elijah and, and the Abraham and all these guys. And in all of their lives, there was a point where they had to pay a cost. The cost of laying down their life. And so many of us, we'll, we'll pursue God up until this point and we're like, oh, that's a bit too much. I want it, but I'm not prepared to pay the cost. And yes, it is costly. It'll cost you your time, most of all. It'll cost you the desires of your heart. But here's the thing with God, Joshua quotes this morning, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I promise you this evening, no matter the cost, the reward of Him is so much greater. The reward, there's, there's nothing more valuable, there's nothing that'll satisfy your heart than anything else. Like you can search the four corners of this, you'll find nothing that'll be as content and as valuable to you as friendship with God. And so the cost is there, but the cost is worth paying. He's worth the cost. It's like that man Jesus tells the parable where it says he, there's a man who finds treasure in a field. And so he goes and he sells everything that he has to buy that land to get the treasure. 
He gave up everything. He gave it all for this treasure that He had found. And what will you do tonight? See, like I said, it's an invitation. Will you just carry on? I see the treasure in the field, but I'll just go this way. Or will you choose to pay the price? Will you leave everything for the one thing, for Him? And so there's two ways that we see in the life of Abraham in which he laid down his life. And the first one we saw already in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, in, I'm reading from the ESV, it says, For I have chosen him, God speaking of Abraham, but that word actually is for I have known him. That word, no, that word known is the word yada. In other words, God is saying, I am intimately acquainted with Abraham. I know him in all his ways. And so when we think of intimacy, a good way to remember it is in to me, you see. And so there was nothing hidden between Abraham and the father. And that's the first thing we got to lay down. It's like, we have to be vulnerable before him. We have to open our hearts before Him because for a lot of us, we, we open this part of our hearts and we open this part of our heart, but there's this, there's this area where I've put up a wall where I don't really want God to come in there at the moment. I'm afraid He's gonna take it away. I'm afraid He's not gonna say the things that I want Him to say about that thing. And so I keep Him out. But in Psalm 139, I wanna read something to you. This needs to be our heart. In Psalm 139, verse 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I read again, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. It's a very brave prayer. Search me, God. Try me. See if there's any wickedness in me. You don't, he's not just going to be like, oh, okay, and back off. He's going to come. And every time you pick up your Bible, it's going to pierce you. Every time you come Sunday morning, Pastor Greg stands up like, Ugh. it's just going to, it's like the sword just keeps coming. The sword just keeps coming. And it's going to hurt and it's going to cost you and it's going to challenge you. But these are the steps to friendship with the Father. That's what Jesus said. If you lay down your life for me, you will be my friend. And so it's opening up your heart to Him, opening up your ways to Him. Father, can, can you honestly stand before the Father tonight and say, I hold nothing from you. Into me, you see everything. Into me, you see deeply. Into me, you see a heart that is so in love with you. Into me, you see a heart that is pursuing you above all else. Hallelujah. I encourage you to get into that place. This, you know, we hold on to silly things. I don't know why. It's like so stupid. 
really. There's little worldly little things and little boyfriends and little girlfriends. And it's just like, <laughs> and we behold dear such the treasures of this earth and they're just actually just nonsense. And, and that's the thing, it's like we, I said, we, we don't want to invite him in because we're scared he's going to tell me to break up with my girlfriend. But when I put it on the scale, there's no value. There's no, you can't compare anything to him. A house, a car, billion dollars. Nothing compares to him. And so will you allow him to prune you? John chapter 15. Will you allow him to come with the sword? to pierce your heart, to pierce between the division of soul and spirit, to cut off those things that are not pleasing to Him. Are you willing to pay that cost? And it's like, just for Him. I love what Joshua was saying this morning. It's like, we make it about, even like the offering, we make it about just getting more. It's like, I'm doing this because I want, I want, I don't actually want Him. I just want the benefits that He gives me. And so that's why I do these things. And so I serve because it's gonna increase my anointing, you know, and I, and I give because it's gonna make me rich. But we miss Him in the whole process. And so would you do all of that stuff and more, but you only get Him? Not the riches, not the anointing, not the anything, but if you only got him, just him, just his heart, just his friendship, just that in Proverbs 25, it says the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. But I love it in the New American Standard, it says the secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him and to them he will make known his covenants. See this, this thing of friendship with God, it's this, it's this secret beautiful place of holiness, of intimacy, of, of oneness with the God of all the universe. How much do you want that? How much will you give just for that? Not what comes from that, but just for that, just for Him. And so we continue to look at the life of Abraham and we'll know the scripture very well. But Abraham was prepared to give it all. And so I want to read Genesis chapter 22. It's a bit of a long read, but you can follow with me. One who would give it all in pursuit of him even the dearest thing closest to his heart. And so in chapters, Genesis chapter 22, verse one, it says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah 
and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Just some context to this. If you remember, this was the son of promise. Abraham waited 90 years for this son. Against all odds, against all human incapability, he eventually has a son. Sarah's 90 years old. Abraham's 100 years old. They finally get to rejoice in the son of promise. Isaac, one who makes her laugh, she even says. The one who brings such great joy and such contentment to this mother. And now God says, take this thing that is so dear to you and put it on the altar. And so we see the, the, the very thing which Jesus said here is that if you are my friend, you will obey me. And it's weird because in the world, we, we, the concept of obedience is that one of a master and of a slave. And so the master says, do, and we do, and we think that's obedience. But in the eyes of the father, obedience is not perceived as slavery. It's not perceived as a worker. Obedience is perceived as friendship. And so when he asks me to do something and I step out and do it, he's not saying, well done, you good servants, he's saying, thank you, my friend. Because we're pursuing his heart. We're not doing that thing to please him. We're doing it because he's already pleased with us. We're not doing it to get relationship with him. We're doing it because we are already in relationship with him. And so, yeah, we see in Genesis chapter 22 that, that Abraham would be obedient to the most insane level that none of us here would ever walk, guaranteed. And if I heard God say that, I'd come here and like, please someone pray for me for deliverance. You know, there's something weird going on in my mind. God asking me to sacrifice my own children. But Abraham, no, and this is the thing, he knew God. Remember we just read like with Moses, he knew God, God said, Moses, God said I'm gonna do these things. Moses is like, no, that's not who you are. Actually, you're like this. And so Abraham knew his friend. And the Bible even says he knew that even if he killed his son, God would raise him back to life. And that's the problem. Why we wouldn't do it is because we don't know him. That's the problem why we don't give up that relationship. Why we don't give up that thing or, or this little hobby. or We don't give it up because we don't know his heart for us. We think he's just this mean guy trying to take things away. But he's just actually just trying to draw us close to him. And so Abraham, the Bible says, he knew that even if he killed his son, God would raise him back to life because that's his friend. His friend made a promise and his friend will keep it. And so we got on to verse nine and it says, this, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, 
Abraham and he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Go down to verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and not withhold your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And he says, because you have obeyed my voice. Hence, James chapter two, I think it was. See, Abraham's faith reckoned him righteous. Abraham's obedience reckoned him as a friend. And that's what James is talking about here. So in verse 23, it says, referencing what we've just read, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And it says, and he was called a friend of God. And so I wanna go back to John chapter 15. Jesus's invitation to you this evening. From verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. Will you be that one that pays the cost of obedience no matter how much it hurts? Knowing that you get Him in the process. And He says, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends. And so I say it again, the invitation is open to all of us. And I'm not gonna give an altar call or lay hands on you, but I want you to consider this tonight. And I want you to consider the cost, firstly. Because we can get hyped up and say, let's do it, I want that. And we, we make a rash decision and then when God comes knocking, we, don't, we can't fulfill what we've spoken. The Bible says, before you build, count the cost. And so I want you to go away this evening. Consider the cost. Consider the cost of obedience. But then consider the reward of His friendship. And have an have a honest heart to heart with him. Like David, search me, Lord.
can tell him, Lord, I'm, I want to, but I can't. Help me. How much do you want him? And so that's entirely up to you. You can stay as you are. He doesn't hold it against you. Never does. But just know this, there's so much more than what we're experiencing now. So much more. The levels and the depths of intimacy with the Father are just oh, absolutely wild. And, and so I encourage you, take the steps, make the necessary adjustments. Pursue Him above all things, amen. So I'm just gonna pray for you as we close. Father, we just, we thank you for this invitation. We thank you, Lord, that all are welcome. It's not a matter of being saved for X amount of years or going to Bible college or doing this or doing that, Father. But Jesus, you extended the invitation to everybody. You said you call us friends. And Father, I pray that there would be a, just a burning desire inside of us to, to pursue friendship with God, to pursue you as a friend, Lord. That we wouldn't come as servants, but we would come as friends because that's what pleases you more than anything. And so Lord, I ask that you would show us your ways. Father, your word says, teach us your ways, O God. Show us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us, O God. Teach us, Father, to pursue you. Teach us to know you. And as we read in Jeremiah earlier, search me. When you search me with all your, search for me with all your heart, you will find me, declares the Lord. And so, Father, this evening we seek for more of you. And Lord, I pray as we go away that, again, Lord, that this, this issue would burn in our hearts, Lord, of wanting to know you more. And so we bless you, Father. Again, we thank you for your presence here tonight. We thank you just for your loving kindness and your gentleness and how you move us constantly closer to you, God. And Father, I pray for those who, who would make a decision tonight to pursue you at any cost, Lord. That they would find the true riches of the kingdom in the face of the Father. In the heart of the Father, in the presence of God. And that the things of this world, as we sing that song, the things of this world would go strangely dim in the light of your glory and of your grace. Help us to realize, Father, what those things really are and to value you above them all at all times, Lord. And so we honor you, God. We just love you so much, Father. We just honor you now in Jesus' name. Amen.